This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I am here to give you as many tools to put in your toolbox to win at this thing called life. And let me welcome to the show. She is an author of Wake Up Grateful, the the transformative practice of taking nothing for granted. I love that mentality. Let me welcome Miss Christy Nelson. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. She's giving herself applause. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm giving Lurie applause in this conversation I just got to be part of. Thank you. This is awesome. And I'm giving you a big round of applause, Karen Hunter, because you're just a rock star in this world right now. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Who told? How'd that get out? Okay. So (laughs) um, you you have been through some stuff. And, you know, we were talking earlier in the top top of the show uh, about people, you know, fighting through stress and, and just everyday life and, you know, realizing that we can't do this alone, right? So tell us a little bit about your journey um, after you were diagnosed with stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, I was 33 and it was pretty radical at a young age to face the prospect of dying. And uh, I had always been a progressive social change person. I had always been involved in um, nonprofit work. And, uh, and then, you know, it looked like life was going to take me out pretty quick. And so one of the things that happened for me was that I, when I thought I was going to die, and then I lived, I had so much perspective. I was so grateful. Literally, everything blew my mind. The sun coming through a window, the sound of a bird, you know, anybody who I loved, I was just in, you know, kind of insatiable for life and love and, and making a difference and showing up. And I never wanted to sleep because it was like, who knows how long I'm going to live. And then the longer I lived, the more that wore off for real. Mm. And what was interesting was, you know, then I got caught back up and working and it was like, wow, I'm living. This is kind of a, this is great to be living. And look at how I'm kind of losing my fidelity to life. Um, The more I lived, the more I kind of got in a trance and I fell asleep and I lost that perspective of life is a mind blowing gift and I'm lucky to be alive. And so I get caught up in like, oh, you know, my weight and my, you know, the stress and um, overwhelm about things and getting a cold and traffic jams and all the same old stuff. So I think the big news is for me that I wanted to go back to that feeling of life being so precious and really getting and living how amazing life was. Mm. And I knew I needed to work at it. I figured that out because I lost perspective. And then I figured that being grateful and having a grateful perspective was my medicine. And that if I could get back to it and figure out how to live it in a moment to moment way, I could have that same feeling back again, where I was so alive and so awake to everything that mattered for me. And I didn't want to lose it once I tasted it. So this is kind of where I've been grooving for a while is in this lane of what does it take to really be grateful for what we can be grateful for, knowing that it activates us, puts us on fire for what matters in life. The more grateful we are, the more we're engaged with the world actually, um, the more we're compassionate about other people. So I wanted to live that way and help other people live that way. And it's a choice. We're talking with Christy Nelson. Her book is Wake Up Grateful. As you're talking, I was thinking about 
being 11 years old and my mother telling me that my grandmother had died and she was the one person on this earth, not even my parents that I knew loved me unconditionally. Of course, I know my parents love me unconditionally, but that woman loved me. And I remember mm. laying in the bed, scared, petrified, because I, I, I said to myself, I'm going to die one day. Like if my grandmother could die, that means I'm going to die. Like at 11, I knew it. And it took me on this journey of like, what does that mean? So I can't imagine you're, you're diagnosed because everyone listening to, to our voices, we're all going to not be here. We're right. all going to die. But you had an imminent diagnosis that told mm. you that you had, did they give you X amount of time that you were? They said the chances were good that I wouldn't make it three years without a recurrence and I wouldn't survive a recurrence. So that was. What know, does that, that mean? A... What does that mean when, when you're <laughs> yeah. told something like that? What is three years? Three years. So, but that was like, wow, that seems like a really long time. And that also felt like nothing, you know, it felt like, how do I, how do I navigate that? Because what kind of choices do you make? And when you're 33, uh, your peer group, I got told by a nurse that my peer group was in their eighties because I was facing the end of my life and my peer group, my actual age peer group, everybody was out there like getting into their career tracks and making choices about families and kind of <laughs> figuring out where they wanted to go in their lives in their early thirties. And I couldn't make any decisions for the long term. That, what do you do? How do you live that way? So I had to negotiate that and it wasn't easy. And I think the truth is we're all negotiating that if we're honest, if we're honest and there's nothing like this pandemic, the racist pandemic, the COVID pandemic, just have us not take life for granted. Like if it's never been more in our face um, to say, we can't, you know, what do we get to count on and what are we gonna take for granted? I don't wanna take anything for granted. So what was the first thing that you did differently? Like, you know, um, you get this, I have three years. You got a bucket list, mm. three years. Am I gonna eliminate these people? Am I going to pick up the phone and call somebody I haven't called in like five years? Am I going to, you know, jump out of a plane? Like what, what was something that you did? Well, it's a good question because I think, you know, when any of us get in touch with the fact that life is short and life is precious, what are the things that we do? I just, I wanted to let everybody I loved know that I love them. That was the thing. And it was, I didn't want to go on some big, like, so, you know, backpacking trip around the world, jump out of a plane. There was none of that stuff. <laughs> like, I'm not going to put my life at risk when I've already just faced it. Like, okay, wow, let's go do that again. Um, but love was super important to me. It was like, wow, I don't want to actually be very far away from the people I love. And I want to really let the people I love know that I love them. And uh, I want to make a difference for people in the ways that I can. And um, so it was, I think it's a powerful refinement, right, to your choices when you know that life is short and precious and you're right up against it. How do we navigate those choices? What are the decisions that we make? And I think it's very telling. And I wanted to make a difference for people. I didn't know how long I was going to live. And so it was negotiating that, how close do I stay to my comfort zone? How do I stretch myself out? Where do I go with this? Not imagining that I had a future. So it's a good, it's a good question yeah, for everybody. I'm, I'm fascinated by this because just the idea of, of having that close encounter with death, 
and then having the ability to pull back a bit and sort of reorient yourself as you're still living, right? Because you said yeah. you thought out, I thought I was gonna die and then I lived. And it's like, huh, like <laughs> the sort of, of, of mental space that that has to occupy is just so interesting to me. And I, I wonder how is it that you settled on gratitude as the emotion most necessary or, or the state of being mm -hmm. uh, most necessary to cultivate. And then what do you do to cultivate it? And I'm asking this particularly for, you know, people who are listening who may have very little within their lives that they are happy about. You know, we often hear people say, find your happy place. And, and it's just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm right now I'm dealing with death and devastation and destruction and financial distress and physical. So how is it that you settled on gratitude? And then coming from a space of, of being told your end is near, how did you go about cultivating that to such an extent that it became sort of the, this, the new stasis uh, or the new foundation for your emotional being? It's a great, that was like three or four excellent questions that I'm gonna try. <laughs> I have a feeling that you're that way, which I'm kind of excited about. So um, the thing I would say is that I believe that we all get wake up calls in life. We get wake up calls. And sometimes it's like you get run off the side of the road and you're sitting there in your car and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I, um, that truck almost like took me out. Or, you know, you, um, so many things happen in life that wake us up, right? And so right now I think we're in a world that's really woken a lot of people up. What do we do when we're more awake? And so the truth is, yeah, death is a wake up call, but I think we all have a lot of experiences where we're really, we become more intimate with the prospect of dying. We become more intimate with this whole idea that life is pretty unpredictable and uncertain, right? And like, how are we gonna live into that? And what I know is that what I felt when I first survived cancer was so poignant. It was like, everything was in sharp relief. And I felt so deeply grateful for everything, for, you know, for everything that I could navigate, for every moment. It wasn't for everything. That's the difference. It was for every moment. And I could sort out in my mind the things I wasn't grateful for, but every moment gave me an opportunity. And that was what was cool and radical and to understand at that time. And so gratitude's got lots of benefits. But you know, we all kind of wait for things to happen that'll give us gratitude. Like, oh man, I want some more gratitude. And I'm really not a gratitude person that much. And I'm also not a happiness person. So I'll just say, you know, I really think that happiness and the pursuit of happiness is super oversold. And like, what the heck does that mean anyway? And and then the idea of gratitude, like gratitude is usually really transactional. It's like, hey, give me some more of that. I want more gratitude. Like I want to feel better. And you want life to line up to please you. You want life to, to organize itself on in your favor. And it doesn't happen a lot of times. So how do you cope with the fact that we're all dealing with a lot of difficult stuff? And so for me, gratefulness was this difference, right? Like gratefulness is kind of like grateful anyway, grateful anyhow. Like, you know, man, I'm gonna be grateful anyhow. Sometimes it's a little bit of an act of defiance actually. And you say, I'm not going to lose my appreciation for this being, for this opportunity, for this moment, mm -hmm. for the things that I love. I'm not going to forget those things in the face of how hard life is. And that's like, take that world, really. Like, there's something for me in that that's kind of cool. And one more thing I would say is that what that does is it gives us stamina. It, when we're grateful, it has so many benefits. And it gives us stamina to be able to deal with the things that are hard. And so if I can be grateful for every moment and I can be grateful for everything that's worthy of my praise, it makes it super clear 
and I'm much more fortified and resilient to deal with the life and all the stuff that's out there that really needs to be changed. Mm. We're talking with Christy Nelson. Christy Nelson, <laughs> author of Wake Up Grateful, Laurie Daniel Favors is here too. It's Wellness Wednesday. Go ahead, Laurie. I'm sorry. No, I was just uh, picking up on the distinction between gratitude and appreciation. For me, gratitude almost is like, whoo, there but for the grace of God go I. Whereas appreciation is like, my God, look at that sunrise. Or, oh my God, did you just, did you breathe that in? And, and just being able to find appreciation for, and I'm thinking particularly when I was at my lowest points in life, being able to find a sense of peace is like, you know what? My life sucks right now but I'm so appreciative that I have this thing, or I'm so appreciative mm. of this breath, or I'm just gonna, in this moment, I'm gonna be appreciative that I can count to 10 slowly and calm myself down. And I think that the, the more, I, I've been raised to believe that the more things we find to appreciate, the more things we will have deposited into our life for which we can appreciate even more. And so I, I, I feel like this is, you know, Cameron, we were talking about tools and rituals. And I think that just the mere act of I, waking up in the morning and what three things am I appreciative for right now? And sometimes when we do meditation with our kids at night, everyone has to say the three things we appreciate or when our kids are arguing, what's the two things you appreciate about your brother? Yes, I know he gets on your nerves, but the act of seeking out something to be appreciative for will open up in our lives. I believe the spiritual or metaphysical, whatever label you want to put on it, space to embrace more things that are appreciable. Hallelujah. You, you got it. You yeah, just like, yeah. you got this stuff down. So the thing is what I, I love it. This is more fun than I ever imagined. So um, the thing that I would say is like, you know, we typical gratitude journals are like, but when you go to bed at night, it's like, what are you grateful for? You know, what are the three things that brought you gratitude today? And it's like, well, somebody did this for me, somebody did that. And it's like, literally could be like six minutes of your 24 hour day. And I say, what if you can wake up grateful? Like, what if you wake up and like, you're really, you, you're on it, Lurie, which is if you can wake up and before you even get out of bed, you go, man, I got a lot to be grateful for right here, right now. That's gratitude in advance. That's gratefulness. Gratefulness is the thing that life can't take from you. That's a core essence that is it's robust. It stands up to everything. And the thing I was going to say, I, I, I sometimes say this thing that I kind of dig, which is, um, everything flourishes in the nourishment of our appreciation. Everything flourishes in the nourishment of our appreciation. Yes, I'm writing that down. Okay, so um, when we appreciate something, and there's also this saying, uh, what we appreciate appreciates, which is what you were saying, which is like, the more you bring your appreciative attention to something, the more it's gonna manifest. And what it is, is it's not just about positive thinking, because I'm also kind of an anti-positive thinking optimism person. <laughs> so like, you brought this person there, so who's kind of like, oh, I mean, I'm not so into gratitude, I'm not so into happiness. But I think there's deeper stuff. I think joy is the unconditional happiness. I think gratefulness is unconditional gratitude, right? So if you like go deeper, what's the stuff that doesn't depend on outside circumstances? Joy is an inner state of being unconditional, separate from like, you can hold onto it, claim it, make it your own. doesn't matter what the world's going on. You're like, I got joy in my heart. I got gratefulness and no one's going to take it from me. Happiness, too conditional. Um, but, you know, I mm -hmm. think, I think the thing that I was going to say is that's cool is if you're appreciative of something that you want to, then that's where you want to put your energy to have it grow. And so for instance, I would say civic engagement, man, democracy, social justice, 
what, when you appreciate the things in our world that you want to really embolden, empower, um, and you know, manifest in bigger ways and make work and function for everybody, appreciate the bejesus out of them. You know, that's something where you like put your energy and the more people appreciate democracy, the more people are gonna be engaged. If you don't appreciate something, so that's the other thing about where I think gratefulness is an activator. I think gratitude can be a pacifier. So it's like, well, I got my own self-satisfied gratitude right now. So like, I'm all set. Whereas gratefulness, yeah. yeah, well, it's, and self, self-satisfied, mm -hmm. like just, it's like, oh, I got that gratitude moment. That's enough for me. I can really rest in that. Like now I'm grooving. Whereas I think gratefulness wants to share itself with other people. It wants to make the world more right. It wants to, you know, it's got compassion and generosity and engagement to it. So I think it's a, I think it's a big force to be reckoned with when we live gratefully. And that's different than having a moment or two of gratitude. And, and we have, you know, when you talk about control, you know, self-determination, you have choices. I remember a friend of mine was, I would say, I don't feel like it. And she would say, act your way to good feelings, like act your way into <laughs> the feeling that you want to have. Like, I think a lot of us are waiting for life to happen to us, as you just mentioned, um, Christy, that life is happening to us and, and we're victims of this thing that is going mm. on and there are things mm. we can't control COVID happened to all of us but it happened mm -hmm. to all of us right you mm -hmm. know if there's a mm -hmm. hurricane it happens to all of the people in that space then just single you out how right. are you no going to deal with rainstorm it? right yeah yeah I right. mean but even the rain to some people the rain is amazing and it's mm -hmm. all your perspective the rain helps things to grow so why yeah. are you mad that it's raining we need the rain so I, I just look at the, the personal responsibility to having the life that you want to live it's really yeah. up to you, but you get a diagnosis like you did. And it's been 25 years. They told you three years, yeah. you kicked that three years ass. And now it's 25 years <laughs> in. Did you, did you change any of your habits? Did you, did you eat differently? Did you start to, mm. you know, drink more water? Like, did you do something <laughs> physically um, once they gave you this diagnosis? This is wellness Wednesday, right? <laughs> We're, um, I, I did a lot of things. And you know, what's interesting is people say like, oh, how did you survive as if there's like a formula, you know? And I think it's interesting because I think it's different for everybody. I think it's really, I say a lot of it is about feeling into your intuition and trusting what comes up, really learning to listen to yourself at a really deep level. Cause for some people it's about, and this was interesting. Like some people would say, oh, I'm going macrobiotic. And some people would say like, oh, I'm going, you know, all protein. And I'm going this way, I'm going vegetarian, I'm going vegan, I'm gonna take vitamins, I'm not gonna... And so the truth was like, how do you make those choices? I think you gotta know from inside yourself what's really yours to do. And you gotta create an internal barometer, a thermometer for kind of knowing like, okay, what's really given me juice? What's gonna work for me? And that's different than for a lot of other people. So I think it's interesting. I think we're really addicted to formulas in this country. <laughs> like we want the formula for this, that, and the other thing. And I think sometimes there's a lot of good things to choose from. This toolbox is big, right? So the tools are cool. And then I think what you do is you really feel into what's mine? What's, gonna, what's my medicine? What's my repair you know, uh, mechanism here? And so you know, I would say, the things that I do to take care of myself now. And the truth is they promise, who knows? This is like one thing is like, you can do all the right things and get cancer. 
that's one of the things that really was mind blowing because a lot of people said like, well, Christy, if you can get cancer, cause you were pretty healthy to start with. And it was like a wake up call to a lot of people in my life who are in their early thirties going, wow, that's amazing. But I say, do what brings you joy, do what makes you come alive. Don't like sacrifice yourself and, oh, I'm going to eat this way that I hate. Oh, I'm going to do these things that are like a dirge, like a, like a, you know, take it on like a burden. No, you do the things that bring you joy. You feel it out. You make yourself an inner barometer. It's like, is this good for me? And then you listen and you keep refining and tweaking. And I've been doing that for 27 years and I'm still here. <laughs> so there, you know, I'm looking Maybe at you and going, formula. <laughs> you got it. I think the formula is to listen and keep refining and showing up and do what brings you joy and makes you come alive. Ah, oh, this, I, I love that. Um, give us one tip to, to being grateful, waking up grateful, which is your mm. book is wake up grateful. Mm -hmm. Give us one. Oh, there's so many things. I know. I, I, mean, I, want, I want them to dig in. So let's just tease them. Yeah. So I think, you know, one, one thing that is an, uh, it's, some people have different ways of, of framing this, but I think one of the things is to take pleasure and the things that we can take pleasure in. Sometimes we kind of, I say, you know, how do we deal with the great fullness of life? The great fullness of life can be overwhelming, stressful, all these kinds of things that we're all dealing with. And it's everything hard and everything good at the same time, the great fullness of life. How do we greet that with gratefulness, right? Gratefulness of heart. So one of the things is to say, those things that we have considered, like that you put on your to-do list, like what do you need to do? What do you have to do, Karen, between now and the end of the day? You don't have to tell us, but like before you go to bed tonight, what's on your to-do list? What's your have-to stuff? I have to do this. I have to do this errand. I have to do tour. I have to do a meeting. I have to take care of somebody, whatever those things are. Think of those things, and this is for everybody listening. Think of three to five things you have to do before you go to bed tonight and write those down or think of them and then change I have to, to I get to. Just literally cross it out on the piece of paper. I get to run this errand. I get to make dinner for my kids. I get to go to this meet. I get to do a Zoom meeting. Woohoo! <laughs> you know, I get to do these things that I think we don't just take them for granted. We feel burdened by life so much of the time, by the mechanics and the day-to-day -day things in life that are really, there are a lot of people who literally right now would give anything for the things that we consider obligations. Mm. People who aren't here right now, people who lost their lives, people who have so much less, like where are we vis-a-vis -vis the privileges that we have, no matter what they are, no matter how many we have. And can we count ourselves blessed, lucky, healthy, fortunate, privileged, grateful for the things that are really privileges because we get to do them. We're here another day. Christy Nelson, that's her name. The book is Wake Up Grateful. I'm grateful that you were here today. I get to talk to you. Uh, I get to talk to you. That's right. The transformative practice of taking nothing for granted. You're amazing. God bless you. you. Thank you for, you. for sharing uh, your life in this book, in this work, on this time with us. I appreciate you.